Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Welcome to Market View. I'm Dan Koo, keeping you company on your money. And joining us this morning to break down the latest market actions is Ryan Huang. Good morning, Ryan. Good morning, Dan. How are you doing today? I am doing well so far. It's uh, Wednesday. And we're, I'm really just crawling into the weekend as well. What about yeah. yourself? Oh, well, hump day is a hit or miss sometimes. You know? Sometimes it's been already a tough start to the week and mm-hmm. then you can wait for the weekend to be over. And I suppose I am looking forward to the weekend. So we are halfway there. Do you have lots uh, planned for this weekend, Ryan? I'm um, just catching up on rest and some reading, um, just boring stuff. How about you? Uh, for myself, it's probably going to be a lot of studying as well. Yeah, I'm why, in the same position. Studying? Why are you studying? Communications. Why do you need to communicate? Or at least learn how to communicate? I got to learn to communicate better with You're you, Ryan. You're doing fine. So just <laughs> drop your studies and focus on your work. All right, Ryan. Thanks for the inspiration. Very inspirational quote on a Wednesday morning. <laughs> Ryan. Tell us more about how is the Treasury yield, what is driving the Treasury yield rates so high and how is it affecting markets? Yeah, just to give you an idea of how high we are talking about, it continues to creep up higher. So the 10-year bonds touched 4.8% and eventually closed slightly under 4.79%. So it's up 11 basis points overnight. So this is going to feed into things like your borrowing rates and also the mortgage rates, which will have an impact on investor confidence to some extent and also how much people want to buy property. So mm. it, has an, it has implications down the road that people will be watching out for very closely. So rising treasury yields also means investors are likely to shy away from stocks. Mm. So this typically is the relationship between bonds and stocks. And right now, we are seeing that happen in the stock market. And like you pointed out, it's red on the screen. And we've got the Nasdaq leading losses. So the growth stocks, again, the biggest losers when rates go up. So the Nasdaq down nearly 2%. And also playing out in a similar fashion in Korea, which is, like you pointed out, reopening after some holidays earlier this week. So yeah. some catch-up selling there. Mm. And you've got the Cosby down nearly 2%. That's the biggest drop in nearly two months. And in similar fashion, the Cosdeck, which reflects Korean technology names, mm. is down by over 3%. Ooh, so man. you've got that technology headwind, so to speak, uh, being played out across the Asian trading day after the sell-off on Wall Street. So going back to the bond news again, uh, what seemed to support that narrative of higher for longer is the latest jobs data coming through from the JOLTS report, which is the Job Opening and Labour Turnover Survey. So Mm. the JOLTS report showed that the labour market was more resilient than expected. So the latest numbers around... Um, the end of August was 9.6 million jobs being created. And this is an increase from July's reading of 8.83 million. Mm. So the 9.6 is above consensus forecast of 8.82 million. So you've got that just lifting the expectations that perhaps the Fed might need to do more or at least keep rates where they are for a bit longer. And this is starting to see traders price in 
a less likelihood of a rate hike in November. Mm. Those odds are now being shifted to December. Yeah. And in turn, next year, maybe you might see rates stay higher for longer and you might not get that rate cut anytime soon, or at least not as soon as expected. Now, adding to the noise, mm. you've got the politics in the US again coming back mm. to add more drama. So over the weekend, we had a last-minute deal for avoiding a US government shutdown. Yeah. So we thought maybe, hey, we can get a bit of a breather from US politics. Mm. But you've got a first time in US history, the House Speaker being voted out, effectively Ooh. fired. So Kevin McCarthy, yeah. the Republican, loses his job for the first time in history. That has happened. So it just reflects how much infighting there is within Congress. Mm. And it's not just... Democrats versus Republicans. He was voted out by his Republican colleagues. So one big sticking point was um, how as part of the US government shutdown, there were you know, a lot of um, discussions and deals yeah. that had to be done. And in order to get the bills to be paid, he had to reach, uh, reach a bit of compromise and get the votes to get a compromise from the Democrats. So some of the Republican hardliners were not happy that he sort of make peace with the, the Democrats hmm. and they took the chance to vote him out. So already going into his job, he was you know, having to threat on very um, tough times or his uh, tough grounds. Uh, his job already was not that secure. He hmm. already was facing a lot of headwinds, some of them personal, some of them business. So this coming through from Matt Gates, one of the biggest opponents from the Republican camp. So that seems to be quite personal. Yeah. Um, and I think you've got to read into some reports in the Straits Times to get all these um, details. Yeah. But otherwise, you've got politics, you've got bond yields adding to the mix. Yeah. And that's reflected in the volatility in the markets. The mm. VIX index is up 12% to a reading of over 19 so just reflecting the uncertainty that's uh, playing out in the markets right now. Yeah, the fear is spreading on the trading floor as the session continues overnight with the CBOE volatility index jumping to its highest level as well since May. So these are all signs that that investors are expecting a potential recession with you know, many of these indexes leading the day's losses as well. We've seen the SPDR S&P Home Builders ETF that's shedding more than 2% with Home Depot and Loewe's falling. And Goldman Sachs and American Express were also some of the biggest losses or the losers in the Dow. Meanwhile, we've got back big tech names like NVIDIA, Microsoft also falling as high interest rates dented enthusiasm. And yeah, lots of things going through over or over in the US overnight. And it is it seems like it's living to its name of uh, the October downturn, right? Wouldn't you say, Ryan? Yeah, so after a bit of a bad month for mm. stocks in September. The momentum continues into October so far. Yeah. And I think the US dollar comes into focus here because of the rising bond yields. Yep. So that is supporting again dollar strength and we've got the dollar index up slightly at 107.07. So the dollar index continuing to gain ground and 
Conversely, you've got some Asian currencies under pressure, especially the Japanese yen. So this is seeing the dollar index, by the way, at a 10-month high. So you've got that putting pressure on the likes of the Japanese yen, which has been weakening for the past few months. And if you look at how much it has weakened in the past year, against the dollar at least, it's down 3%. Yeah. And overnight, it breached the key psychological level of 150. So that um, was something uh, traders were watching out for very closely because yeah. they were wondering if it breaches that level, would we see the Bank of Japan step in mm. to maybe buy bonds to yeah. support the currency from becoming too weak. And there were some suspicions that they actually did because once it breached 150, it started to creep back down to 149 where it is right now. So maybe the BOJ has intervened. For now, they have declined to confirm or deny. So keeping traders guessing where they are comfortable in terms of the level of yen strength or weakness. So that's something that um, I think traders will be watching very closely to see how that plays out in the mm. coming days. So Japanese yen uh, under pressure and one of the moves um, in the currency markets that people will be keeping an eye out for very closely. Mm. Yeah, it's also worth noting that uh, just yesterday, the BOJ has agreed to buy additional bonds to curb the rise in sovereign yields as well. And what I'm seeing is that they will purchase extra amounts of 5 to 10 year debt as uh, it strives to slow rising yields that are at the highest level in decades. Now, the benchmark 10-year maturity climbed to about 0.775% on Monday, and that's a level not seen since 2013. And meanwhile, the 20- and 30-year yields are also at similar peaks, while Treasury yields also keep moving higher. So that remains to be seen. We'll watch that very closely. Now, let's turn this conversation, or let's turn our attention over to the tech space and it looks like we're seeing meta adopting a new form of uh, i suppose charge of fee for people to enjoy ad-free instagram or facebook ryan tell us more yeah how much do you use um, your social media platforms like instagram facebook and so on oh it's uh quite a bit i use almost at least like three to four hours a day do the ads bother you they do a well lot, would you actually. pay to have no ads I would. <laughs> okay, I suppose, no, you have to pay the price. Someone has to pay the price. Either you pay the price or the ads pay the price. So yeah. you have to have that trade-off discussion, right? Okay. So in Europe, how Facebook and many social media companies make money is they serve ads to you, targeted okay. ads. And because it's targeted, they can make more money by selling, for example, to a product vendor. They, hey, I can get you teenagers mm. or moms or parents, you know, mm. and then they can sell the inventory of space, inventory of advertising space to whoever wants to buy it. Right. So that is running against some headwinds in Europe because of privacy concerns and also regulations. Yeah. So they can't track users as much as they would like and have been in other places. Mm. So now against these regulatory headwinds, they are thinking of an alternative model in Europe, which is to charge people for ad-free usage of their platforms. And the price apparently is around 13 euros. That's mm -hmm. around 14 mm -hmm. US dollars for an ad-free experience every month. 
I'm yeah. not sure if there's going to be enough appetite for people to pay to use Facebook for that type of money. dollars uh, $14 a month. This seems a little bit steep if I'm being honest because... I mean, from my own experience, like most of the adver- ads on Facebook are usually a few seconds long. It's not as long as, let's say, if the ones if you you see on um, YouTube, I think. So I think I can bear with that. $14 a month. And I believe it's, it's is it 14 USD as well? Yeah, 14 USD and for Instagram as well. So typically you can just scroll past it on yeah. these um, Facebook and Instagram types, right? But for YouTube, it's a pre-roll. You can't skip. So they have to be, I guess, creative if they want to weave in ads. But in the meantime, uh, this is on the table. Yeah. TikTok is also thinking about testing a um, subscription service for an ad-free experience oh. for 99 a month. As opposed, you know, with a video experience, yeah. it's harder to get away from ads. So maybe TikTok at 499 is a bit more palatable, especially when you think about the the crowd they are catering to, which mm. would be more inclined to spend on yeah. these things. Maybe not so for Facebook. I mean, there's an association that Facebook is a boomer app, wouldn't you say? Yeah, you're a boomer. So <laughs> I like to think I have the heart of a boomer as well. But yeah, TikTok, uh, it's like what you've mentioned. They're largely driven by lots of... Uh, it's it's like every other social media that we've seen so far. Most of these social media f- platforms, they're largely driven by ads. And, you know, they have just a few revenue sharing mechaniz- mechanisms for creators as well. And direct live subscription feature that allows the users to subscribe directly to a creator. So it shows the huge reliance on ads for these platforms. But we'll see whether it's effective in, over the next few weeks. But now let's play a game of up or down, right? All right. And a very simple game. All you need to do is to guess where a stock or a topic is going to be an up or a down. Are you ready, Ryan? I think so. Okay, Ryan, just uh, on the fly here, very quickly. The first one, we've got GM and Toyota. All right. They are in the news this morning for the good reasons. They are defying headwinds with big gains in US new car sales. So people are buying new cars, which is a good sign of consumer appetite at least when it comes to cars. Uh, not everyone's um, making money from at least um, the sales. Uh, Stellantis mm. hasn't been doing that well, but GM, General Motors and Toyota Motors posted double-digit gains Ooh. in new US car sales for the just-ended quarter. Yeah. So if you look at, for example, GM sales, they rose 21% in Q3. So for the year, that makes it 19% growth so far. Mm. If you look at what's playing out for Toyota. Uh, A very similar picture as well where you are seeing growth in the third quarter. So I suppose uh, up for these guys. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go with an up for them as well. I mean, we're seeing double-digit growth for GM as well as Toyota. And this also comes against the backdrop of, if you remember, just yesterday we were talking about Tesla's EV delivery numbers, which were bad. They're coming in lower than expected. Uh, So... It shows that, you know, sales for these two companies are still going strong. And yeah, I'm going to go with an up for yep. GM sales as but well. But there's a big question mark mm. is what's going to happen next because of all the strikes they've been looking at, potentially dragging on. Of course, the strikes by auto workers, demanding yep. more pay mm. and affecting some of the plants. There's going to be a knock-on impact potentially if 
this continues to drag out. So a yeah. big question mark on Q4. Yeah, it's, I mean, lots of things continues to be a question mark here, but we'll watch out very closely for you. Thanks for bringing that up, Ryan. Now, next on the list, we've got Palantir. Mm, Palantir, the software analytics company, yeah. is going to be an up for me because they seem to be getting closer to getting a big win in um, getting business in the UK when it comes to analyzing health data. Mm. Yeah, it's one of the, the few stocks that actually climbed overnight and after hours trading. It climbed about 3% after news broke that they will be receiving a five-year contract with the UK National Health Service. You know, to, And it's worth about £480 designed to help the agency analyze medical data, detect patterns, and ultimately overhaul its entire system. So lots of uh, perspective uh, or optimism here for Palantir. I'm going to go with an up for them as well. Now, next on the list, we have got Intel. All right, Intel is going to be an up for me. And this is with Intel saying it is looking to spin off its unit where it makes programmable chips. Ooh. So a potential spin-off IPO within the next two to three years. So that's going to be, uh, I suppose, good news for its balance sheet. Mm, I'm going to go with an up for this as well. It highlights strong demand in the semiconductor industry for field programmable, uh, for few pro- programmable gate arrays as well. So I think it's going to be a good one for them. I'm going to go with an up. Last on the list, we have got Beyonce Renaissance tour film. Yeah, so this is where I think it's going to be another up. So it's good news for... The likes of AMC Entertainment because mm. she is having a concert coming soon and she has partnered with um, Parkwood Entertainment to Ooh. create a documentary and this will be showing at theatres in December. So mm-hmm. something to draw back audiences again after some of the blockbusters we've seen like Oppenheimer and Barbie. So you have yeah. another reason to go to the cinema and of course Taylor Swift's own concert the Eras Tour is also going to the cinema Uh, you were a fan of Beyonce and are you going to watch this film Ryan? no (laughs) probably (laughs) not that big a fan but I don't mind her music okay alright well it looks like uh, these uh, entertainment groups have a lot to convince Ryan to watch in the cinemas and (laughs) that's happening later this uh, end of this year no, but it looks like it's going to be an up for me as well because this is also part of uh, AMC's new revenue generation strategy and it's just in a theatre chain. It's They're aiming to bypass the traditional studio release model to hopefully pick up distribution fees as well as share in the ticket sales. So I'm definitely going to go with an up for this. So all you Beyonce fans out there, it's going to be good news for you. Now, thanks a lot for the latest breakdown of the market. And we'll catch you again tomorrow at the same time, same place. Ryan, meanwhile, continue to keep it right here with us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.